Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. This class is like certs. It's two classes in one. The fit for life class and the Torah study class. And those of you that are watching by Zoom this morning, Gerald, anybody, we have one, can I get two, come on, we call them in. The Zoom link is always on the New Beginnings website, on the Torah study page. It's the same link every week, and you can share that with a friend, and they can Zoom uh, anytime they want. Or you can go and listen to on the podcast. Uh, that, that, that page is on the website, too. All of these Torah studies are there. And so thank you for supporting Torah study, for supporting New Beginnings, and uh, believing that God is using our church, using our lives to help change the world. Tikkun olam. Amen. So uh, in our Torah study today, if, uh, and let me say, if you didn't know, I'm Pastor Scott Sigmund. And uh, we've been doing this for many moons, I think uh, 15, 16 years now. And so some of you have been here since the beginning. Praise God for that. Uh, Lydia, my wife, uh, Pastor Lydia, uh, she has some responsibility. She may pop in here. Uh, but we love you and thank you. And uh, we uh, give you uh, just a, a blessing from the Lord. Uh, we're in Torah portion number two today uh, in Genesis 6 through Genesis 11. And today we're going to get into a new revelation uh, concerning Noah uh, and Bible prophecy. Uh, we've, uh, you can go back in time and, and get these teachings. We've talk quite a bit on it, but uh, it just so happens that this particular Torah study is my birth portion. You can actually, uh, there's many websites, you can go uh, on to uh, uh, Chabad.org uh, and on their search bar type in Jewish birthday calculator or just birthday calculator and uh, it'll pop, a form will pop up, you enter in a couple quick things and uh, it'll tell you what your birth Torah portion is and it, our Jewish brothers and sisters believe and I believe and many Christians believe that that birth portion has a lot to do with your divine destiny. And it's just interesting for me personally that Noah is a righteous Gentile, a preacher of righteousness. And so I claim that for my life. Amen. Who would have thought that, uh, you know, back in the mid-90s after pastor's first trip to Israel, he'd come back and say, Gang, I got a new revelation. 
God spoke to me about the Jewishness of the Bible, about restoring the Jewish roots of Christianity. And we all kind of thought, oh man, he must have had a bad meal last night. (laughs) Whoever heard of such a thing? And yet I instantly gravitated towards that and poured myself into learning that aspect of uh, the Bible. And uh, 30 years later or whatever, here I is. So uh, today, um, it, it just, there's no coincidence in Christ, in God, right? Uh, today is one of the great revelations that uh, few of us have ever seen. Comes up in uh, this last week's Torah study. Uh, and it's no coincidence that it has something to do with the terror organization Hamas. I mean, how can this be? Uh, The internet is just filled with articles that point out the connection between this ungodly, unrighteous, vicious, brutal terrorist organization uh, and its connection to Noah, uh, which is, again, today's uh, Torah portion. Uh, Hamas, as we all know, had launched one of the most brutal and horrifying uh, and ruthless attacks against the Jewish people that we've seen in modern history. Not since the Holocaust have we seen something this ugly. Uh, Unbelievably, and it just blows my mind, but unbelievably the name Hamas appears in the Bible 67 times. I looked them all up on uh, yesterday or yeah. Uh, early uh, morning, yes, I do all my study starting at 5 a.m., and so uh, uh, you, you get your Strong's Concordance out, and you look this up, and you'll see for yourself, but what Hamas means is absolutely stunning. Uh, it first appears, this name Hamas, not a capital H, I notice my uh, word doc always wants to capitalize Hamas, and I just won't do it. I won't capitalize Satan. I won't capitalize the devil because <laughs> they ain't proper names to me. <laughs> but it first appears in Genesis 6.11. You can turn over there. I'll read it. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with Hamas. Violence. The earth was filled with Hamas. Violence. First time it is used in the Bible. And the Hebrew word Hamas means violence. Uh, but it means many other things. Like you go into dictionaries and look up words, you'll see lots of definitions. So it is with this. Acts of aggression. Hamas. Violence. The earth was filled with Hamas. Especially involving physical contact. And it's almost always used in the Bible uh, uh, in connection with extreme wickedness and sinful violence. And don't you know what we've been seeing on our television screens and reading in news reports that what happened to the Jewish people in Israel by this terrorist group, Hamas, was extreme sinful violence. In rabbinic literature, it also means extortion, to seize violently, murderous, 
and complete moral destruction. So, there's this just a heartbreaking correlation to this revelation. This is a shocking revelation. Hamas is in the Bible. Uh, and it, it's shocking all the more because we've all just been eyewitnesses to this brutal regime, this brutal organization, this brutal cartel living up to the meaning of its name. They're living up to this. And not only do these terrorists commit barbaric acts of evil, but they, and this is so important, they distort and pervert what they're doing as if it's acts of courage and bravery. As if in some way that what they're doing is a righteous cause. And then to watch people around America, people in the halls of Congress, people on television, on certain news, they're siding with pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas viewpoints. And it's just like insanity. And God says in Genesis 6.11, we just read it, the earth was corrupt because of Hamas. Uh, and it was filled with violence because of Hamas. And it just comes up at, at, at this particular time. And how many of you know uh, that this reaction around the world has shown us another despicable side of <clears throat> what is bad being called good? comes in many shapes and forms. Uh, it's pushed by many people. Many of them are billionaire, millionaires. They have uh, ivory towers and they have beautiful, expensive suits and they're pushing an agenda that what is bad is good and what is good is bad. May God give the church eyes to see and ears to hear and a voice to speak up. <laughs> right? Look at Isaiah 5.20. God, God doesn't want you or me, His church, the body of Christ, slipping into some kind of moral apathy or moral confusion. And there's a, a, a seducing side when you get all the media, all the social media. There's just this gigantic flow of information trying to convince and deceive people into thinking what is bad is good. No, Hamas is not good. Oh, if we could only just convince them. You don't convince Ted Bundy. You don't convince... John Wayne Gacy. There's just something when when someone's soul is seared to the point you can commit barbaric acts that uh, even the the barbaric hordes of the mid mid ages probably weren't as bad as this. But look at what the prophet says. He sends a clear warning. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil, this is Isaiah 5.20. This is a prophet of God. This is not one of the ten suggestions. This is a warning. Well, the Old Testament doesn't apply. Liar, liar, pants on fire. 
Woe to those who call good uh, evil good and good evil, who change darkness into light and light into darkness, who change bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. This is Hamas. This is what's going on with Hamas and all their supporters. This came up in the Torah study. We teach what comes up in the weekly Torah study. There's other terrorist groups who are chiming in. They seek to destroy Israel because if they can wipe Israel off the map, they can accomplish what Hitler tried to accomplish. I won't be satisfied until the last Jew is annihilated because as long as there's one Jew on the earth, the presence of God will be on the earth and we can't have that. What is in Hitler is in Hamas. They're brutal, they're violent, they're murderous, and uh, anyone that sympathizes with that needs to get their head examined. God has something to say about this. In Psalm 18... Look at Psalm 18, verse 47 and 48. Go over on your Bible. Psalm 18, 47 and 48. David's praying. And he says, He is the God who avenges me. Yes, God is a God of love. But you push God too far. And what happened in Noah's time you might find yourself being swept away in a great flood of righteous indignation. Well, God would never do that. Ah, Okay. (laughs) You test those waters. God is the God who avenges me. He subdues nations under me, says King David. He saves me from my enemies, praise King David. You exalt me above my foes from Hamas. From violent men, from Hamas. From, we claim that right now for the people of Israel. The Jewish people here. Did you hear that just uh, uh, yesterday outside her home in downtown Detroit, a precious uh, a woman Jewish rabbi was murdered. Acts of anti-Semitism, acts of violence, acts of Hamas in America. And then we have people that uh, uh, were elected officials that are pro, you're pro that? You can't denounce that? They can't even denounce that. What on earth is going on in our corrupt society? And God says in Genesis 11, the earth was corrupt in God's sight. This is part of that corruption, trying to convince people what is bad is good. And it just doesn't stop with the violence. We won't get into some of the other things that we see today. But God says, and David prayed, You exalt me above my foes. You exalt me above the Hamas men. You rescue me from Hamas. Father, we pray for that, for all of Israel, that you will rescue them from Hamas. And God is going to do that. But he needs people who will not only, you know, think about it, you'll be a voice about it. 
We need more Christians to be a voice and we need more Christians to go to the voting booth. And make sure we're voting for people when push comes to shove and the world is teetering this way or that, good or evil, light or darkness. We don't want people passing laws or holding up laws. There's people in co- that held up laws condemning Hamas. And people from their constituency voted them in, and now they're holding up laws and resolutions saying, we condemn this Hamas violence. And they, won't, they won't let that resolution pass. I'm not naming any uh, political parties, uh, but uh, uh, you might know about Democrats. Let me give you a history lesson. 2006. Israel was forced out of Gaza. George Bush did that. Forced 8,000 or more Jewish settlers out of Gaza. A couple days later, the worst disaster in American history, natural disaster, Katrina hit. Wonder if there's a connection between you coming against Israel and forgetting Genesis 12:3 better be your foreign policy America. I will bless those that bless Israel and I'll curse those that don't. And so 2006 George Bush led America, the international community uh, wants Israel to give up land for peace. How did that work? Hamas took control of Gaza. The majority of the people in Gaza voted for Hamas over Fatah. They voted him into authority. Well, they're mostly, I heard our current president say, oh, most of the people in Gaza are peace-loving people. Why'd you vote for Hamas? I'd rather not vote at all. I'm sick that day. I have a note for my mother says I can stay home today and don't have to vote. And Gaza turned in quickly to a hotbed of terrorism. And all the financial aid that America is sending, that the UN approves of, that the world of nations approve of, Iran approves of they send to hamas oh this is for humanitarian no they're building weapons and tunnels where's where's all the infrastructure most people don't realize that all of the water all of the electricity all of the essential services that allow you to exist in in a modern society are provided free of charge to gaza by israel They don't pay a thin dime for any of that. Doesn't sound like an apartheid occupying nation when you're going to give people millions and millions of free services and not uh, complain about it to the world. So, yeah, they're building tunnels. Look, uh, Lydia and I were children's pastors for this ministry and others uh, for 25 years. We, took, we, we would take kids to summer camp. 
horseback riding and arts and crafts and games and fun. Guess what Palestinian parents do with their kids? They send them how to hate Jews and kill Jews. They, they don't have arts and crafts in their hand. <laughs> they have guns in their hand, and the targets are Jews. So from a very early age, we're funding that. Our American tax dollars fund that. So all of the rocket attacks, the terror attacks have been launched by Hamas, and Hamas is in the Bible, and God says Hamas is violent, aggressive, acts of physical aggression, brutal, ruthless people that have no conscience. Well, if we could just talk to them. Hamas wrote their original charter in 1987. And it was specifically written not to say, we the people want to have everyone have the right to pursue life and liberty in the pursuit of... No, their their, uh, 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 charter begins with, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it. Imagine if that was the, uh, the, the first words of the Declaration of Independence of the United States of America. But that's Hamas's declaration. They're living up to their name. It continues by saying, Palestine is a land that was seized by a racist, anti-human, and colonial Zionist project that was founded on false promises. Resisting the occupation with all means and methods is a legitimate right guaranteed by divine law, international norms, and laws. At the heart of these lies armed resistance, which is regarded as the strategic choice for protecting the principles and the rights of the Palestinian people. So that's the foundation for why Hamas exists. There's a very commonsensical statement. When your enemies tell you who they are, believe them. (laughs) Definitely don't appease them. Here's a hundred million dollars. Do something good with it. They're going to do what their charter says. Folks, you can't make a deal with the devil who is sworn to kill, steal, and destroy. So it's startling to learn that Hamas is in the Bible and that it means violence and that it's written first into the study of Noah. One of the main reasons for the great flood is Hamas. In the days of Noah, Genesis 6, God saw the earth was filled with Hamas, violence. So he sent a flood. For the earth is filled with Hamas, violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them on the earth. I love reading different rabbinical articles because when you study the Old Testament, you want to hear from the Jewish side of Judeo-Christianity. They wrote the book. They might have unique insight as to what, what, what they wrote means. 
Most people will go to the New Testament writers to see what the Old Testament means, and you, could, you should do that too. But how on earth we ever stop hearing from what the writers of the Bible, the Jewish people wrote the Bible, let's hear what they say. And so I was reading, uh, one of the websites I read uh, is Aish, A-I-S-H dot com. We mentioned Chabad. Uh, and uh, there was an article by Rabbi Coopersmith uh, entitled, The Meaning of Hamas and My Son's Bar Mitzvah. And so I read that article, and uh, I uh, have an excerpt here I want to share with you. It says, If God forbid you had to be in Auschwitz, would you rather be a Nazi guard or an inmate. Unfortunately, today we can rephrase the question, if God forbid you had to be in southern Israel two weeks ago, would you rather be a Hamas terrorist or one of the civilians who was murdered? Talking about moral choices. A moral perspective. And he says it's a horrifying question. But it's making an important point. One that he wants his bar mitzvahed son to digest as he's ready to become a son of the commandments. And he says there are forces of good and evil at work in the world. Hello? (laughs) Who, Who would deny that? Don't confuse the two. Isaiah 5.20 Don't let people confuse you into thinking what is good is bad and what what is bad is good. That's deception. The first thing that Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24 before His coming is do not be deceived. Deception. And don't minimize, the rabbi says, the sheer destructive power of evil. It was unleashed two weeks ago before the eyes of the world who are already attempting to push it away, redefine it, shift the blame, distort the picture. Then he's speaking to his son, who's name happens to be Noah. Noah. You are engaged in a moral battle between good and evil. Why don't more Christians understand that? That we're here in part of spiritual warfare. And we need to, as prayer warriors, as righteous warriors, as preachers of righteousness, we just can't cower inside our four walls and never be a voice, never raise an objection, never call our congressman, never send an email to somebody who's voting anti-Israel and say, we don't believe in this. Me and my 250 friends don't agree with the way you're holding things up. We need more political action. Well, the church ought not to be political. Well, then you're going to get what you deserve. 
Hamas people in power, violent people that want to ruin the American dream, ruin one nation under God and convert us all. We'll be on our hands and knees groveling for handouts if they had their way. And the rabbi says, at some point in your life, you have to be willing to die for something. Would you rather die as a good Jew in Auschwitz or survive as an evil Nazi? Would you rather die in southern Israel as a good Jew two weeks ago or be on the side of Hamas and stay alive? And he says to his bar mitzvah son, being good is more important than life itself because you're choosing eternity. That's a powerful statement on morals and values. And right now, what's the church going to say? What is America going to do? What are our elected leaders going to do? What will the nations of the world do? What is the church going to do? I thank God for Pastor Larry. I thank God we have a pastor with a backbone. Iron Man! (laughs) You remember the old saying, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men, good Christian people to do nothing. I don't want to get involved. You are involved. And so here's two scriptures that need to be the church's foreign policy. It's biblical policy. We just mentioned the one, Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who don't. And then this is a messianic scripture out of Isaiah 62, verse 1. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. Well, that doesn't apply to me today. Oh, really? You have a nice little personal theology, I see. (laughs) God love you. God bless you, you little selfish thing. But selfishness is a good quality. Oh, it is. Okay. We'll see how that works out. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. That's what New Beginnings is called to do. We're not called to just, oh, today we're going to teach on how five ways and how God wants you to feel good about yourself. And there's always time for those things. This is not that time. Believers are not called to say nothing. Believers are not called to say nothing and do nothing. What'd you do for the Lord? Nothing. What'd you say for the Lord? Nothing. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Doesn't work that way. Parable of the talents. The guy, the gal that hid their testimony in the, in the dirt and didn't say a word. God said, get away from me, thou wicked servant. Oh, 
but Jesus would never say that. He just, he said it. Jesus would never do something like that. He just told you. Well, yeah, but he really didn't mean it that way. So at New Beginnings, we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying for safety and protection over the Jewish people. And we're following up our prayer with action. Here, Israel, here's $300,000 to get you started. And people are giving in to the Israel Emergency Fund, and we're buying all kinds of things. We, I just saw one of the videos, we won't have time to show it today, maybe next week, from one of the heads of Karen Hayesod, uh, the official uh, group that raises funds for Israel. They're part of the government. Sam Grunwerg, we saw last week, he's the world chairman. He's appointed by the prime minister. So this isn't just a NGO, a, a non-government office or organization. This is the government organization. So when you're sowing your money, it's not going to a lot of different fringe things. It's going right into humanitarian aid for the people. And he, he said, Stephen Lowy said, uh, right now, you know, and we've always supported the Children Victims of Terror Fund. Uh, but now we need to relocate people. There's so many people that need to be relocated. And, and that's what that initial $300,000 we sent last week is going to. And we're, uh, it's up to Pastor to decide uh, how that all rolls out moving forward. But I'm sure there's going to be another one very similar to that. So God love you and God bless you. I read that the Spanish word for Hamas has an entirely different meaning than it does in Hebrew. It means never again. Never again. Never again. And that's what you and I are uh, supporting. Never again will we let be silent and let the world just come and just persecute and try to annihilate Israel. Come into agreement right now. We bind the spirit of Hamas. We rebuke every demonic force. Every spirit of terrorism, we bind and rebuke every spirit of false religion. Father, we release your presence, your spirit over Israel and over Gaza. We release the spirit of revival, the spirit of consolation, the spirit of comfort, the spirit of peace. We loosen healing into all those families who are suffering. They've been assaulted and traumatized, and we loosen your your love, your grace, and your mercy. Father, be a banner over Israel, a banner of love, a banner of safety, a banner of protection, and bring a decisive victory over every enemy against Israel so that the Jewish people can live in peace and in security and in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. 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 I don't know how much time I'll have to get through this last section. 
I was reading on another website that I read a lot, myjewishlearning.com, about how societies collapse. And it underscored much of what we've covered already on the meaning of Hamas and the reason why God destroyed all of humanity, saved Noah and his family. Uh, But it describes the days of Noah as a ruthless time, an inhuman period in human history. People fighting and stealing and destroying others without restraint. And, uh, And... Uh, The article happens to cite an 11th century commentator, uh, Ibn Ezra, who teaches Hamas describes two crimes in particular, theft and the exploitation and rape of women. And the article goes on to teach many things, but it teaches that the, the moral rot in Noah's time began at the top of society. Anybody hear of Jeffrey Epstein? The moral rot started at the very top levels and echelons of uh, the power structure of society. And it trickled down then to the people. If the, high, if the leaders support lawlessness, you might not like Reagan's trickle-down theory, but God's trickle-down theory says lawlessness trickles down. And society at large is experiencing moral decay and moral rot on so many ways. And he talks about the exploitation and rape of women. You're talking about sexual crimes of the worst order. And it was pervasive way back when, uh, in Noah's day, among the leaders and quickly spread from there. And all of a sudden, God's seeing, what the heck is going on down there, people? Does God get disgusted? Well, God would never get disgusted. What book do you read? (laughs) The unbridled theft in Noah's time was taught to be a specific kind of theft that undermined faith in the legal system, meaning leaders could do things to break the law and not get caught. Anybody watch the news, what's going on with leaders trying to make laws for the people that they won't keep themselves? And this is what they're saying. This is what caused the flood. The corruption. He describes Hamas, his version of Hamas, is a nefarious and strategic form of Theft in which people would steal just slightly less than what the law stated so they could escape punishment. Leaders. Oh, it doesn't matter who's leading. It doesn't matter who we vote for. It doesn't matter if we vet people to find out what their value system looks like. My parents always voted one way, I vote the same way, and I just pull the lever and vote them all in. Never understanding, well, what do they stand for? What do they believe? What laws will they pass? What kind of morals will they try to implement? They're coming for my grandson. We want your grand, I want your grandson, says the alphabet mafia. 
not on my watch. And so if the leaders don't respect law and order, why should we? And God saw that this just uh, uh, so badly damaged the legal system and the aspects of justice according to the Bible that uh, God said that's irredeemable. You guys have reached a point where this is irredeemable and I need to have Noah build an ark and I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to give you plenty of time to decide what side you're on. 120 years. Some rabbis say uh, Noah grew the trees that he used to build the ark. And the rape and exploitation of women was a huge part of the moral and ethical decay. It, it, It just led to lawlessness. We can treat people any way we want to treat them. We're in charge, you're not. And that whole side of sexual crimes, now they're trying to tell little seven-year-olds, you might be a boy, but your name is Shirley. You're not a boy. Uh, you, you better think that. You're probably a girl. Who gives you the right? And now they're trying to suppress and silence and cancel all the people that transition, that are trying to detransition. What did you allow happen to me? Why don't we let seven-year-olds vote? Why don't we give seven-year-olds the keys to the car? Why don't we, why don't we not let seven-year-olds sign binding contracts? And on and on and on. We don't do that because their minds are not fully developed. And now we're seeing adults' minds are not fully developed. Reprobate minds. Last year's teaching, uh, I did a lot of teaching on the Antichrist. How Nimrod in this Torah study this week uh, is a a type of the Antichrist. He's the first Antichrist type in the Bible, Nimrod, and that comes up in this uh, teaching on Noah. Uh, And uh, and Jesus said in Matthew 24, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In Noah's day, uh, and you know, when we get to heaven, we'll sort out what the Nephilim are. But the, the, uh, uh, the fallen angels cohabitating with uh, the daughters of men. The Bible teaches that in this week's... T- well, that's all weird genetical uh, gender craziness going on in Noah's day. And now we see in the last days, we see the same things going on. And so, in Noah's day, an unimaginable level of evil flooded society. And God put out there, choose ye this day. And Noah, as a preacher of righteousness, spent many a day, choose ye this day who you're going to serve. But people like Nimrod, the Antichrist, are masters at deception, lulling you to sleep, con men, 
that have their hand in your life and you don't even know what they're about to do. And Nimrod came in and undid everything that God gave to Adam, everything that God gave to Enoch, everything that God gave to Methuselah, everything uh, that he gave to all the men of God. Undid all of that. Society undid all of that. And it's no coincidence that Nimrod built the Tower of Babel. Right? That's in this week's Torah study. Nimrod means mighty hunter. It's, he's a rebel. He's an agitator, a revolutionary, the first antichrist. And all the evil qualities that are in Hamas are in Nimrod. The Antichrist, empowered by the devil, rebelling against the one true God, deception, manipulation, violent force. Nimrod used it, Hamas is using it. And they're attempting to bring the world into some kind of uh, one world religion under Islam, one world religion, one world government over who knows who's pulling those strings. We need to resist that. We need to pray against that. We need to wake up and realize we are in the last days and God needs our voice. God needs our vote. God needs our courage. God needs our faith. God needs us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's interesting that Nimrod built that tower with bricks and not stones. The Bible calls us living stones, Peter said. But in Nimrod's day, he built that structure with brick to symbolize you're just another brick in the wall. Your life means nothing. God says you are a living stone. And each of you are unique and special and you're made in our, uh, my image. But Nimrod's saying, Hamas is saying, your life is worth nothing good and evil so God is calling us let me end on a a good note I mean these are just the times we're in can you imagine what it's going to be like after the rapture can you imagine those that are left behind God is we have an amazing covenant with God hallelujah and, and part of our calling is to build a world in His image. Or in this case, rebuild the world. And we can't be ashamed of the gospel. We need to... I have a sign in my front yard, vote biblical values. And I've had comments from both sides. I hate it, I love it. Noah's calling to build a world to house the presence of God. Abraham's calling build a world. Jesus' calling build a world that houses the presence of God. That's why we uh, are called preachers of righteousness. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. Amen. We're people of the book. 
Amen. Disciples of Christ. People of the light that that don't let darkness have its way. Amen. Like Noah, like Abraham, like Jesus, we're supposed to be living our lives in such a way that a clear option is presented. A clear choice is presented. You might not speak to the whole world, but your family's watching. You need to tell them, come and see the Lord is good. Come and see that His mercy endures forever, that His amazing grace is real, that that He will love you, forgive you, and put you on a pathway that is just uh, beyond whatever you could ever imagine. You think the American dream is good? Thank God He's not willing that any should perish. But we need to serve Him. And we need to live out his biblical values. Amen. And uh, it's going to lead us into abundant life. Right? The world might be crazy, but there's a Goshen. (laughs) Pharaoh's world was crazy, but in Goshen, Israel, yeah, protection, clouds of glory, pillars of fire. Yeah. And eventually it's going to lead us into everlasting life in the world to come. Who is thankful that you are filled with the love of God? Amen. Amen. We'll go out there and win the world. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a praise. God bless.